Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie. Welcome back to our weekly podcast. Thank you for all your support, listening, all of your questions, voicemails, all of the things that you do to keep us going. We've got to continue to stay connected and be a community, educating, learning as we go so we can help everybody, especially our children, grow strong and healthy. Last week, we talked about the strength of the word hope, really what is hope, and it was a very interesting dialogue we had. We had a great expert on. We learned what is hope and what is happiness. Are they the same? Are they connected? We also learned about hope and wishing. How different are they? Many people say, I hope I get an ice cream, and some people wish they got an ice cream. There is a difference. We also talked about uh, really the difficult and um, troublesome dilemma of whether it is appropriate to give hope to somebody in a very bleak situation or if you're leading somebody on and how that is going to play itself out and are you really just giving them hope because you feel uncomfortable. Take a listen. You're going to learn a lot. All of my podcasts are on my website, www.drsophie.com and on iTunes on my phone app, which is free. So download me. Alrighty, this week's topic is dyslexia. Everybody really hears that word a lot. Uh, it's sometimes used as an excuse of why I can't learn or why I can't whatever, and sometimes you don't even have it. So we're going to learn all about it today. What is dyslexia? Is it really something that you're born with? Is it something that happens to you and you can fix? And what are the ways to look at it, diagnose it, and treat it? So. We're going to learn a little bit about that in a little bit, but I first want to introduce a very, 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 very special person who's my guest today. She's a mother of children and a mother who I would be proud to say is a wonderful role model of what a mom should be. She's never not focused on her children, believe it or not, with the million things that she does, and that is Shawnee O'Neill, housewife, basketball lady. How are hey, you? Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Happy to be here. Thank you for giving me some time. No, any, you always get my time, Dr. Sophie. So tell me, where are you these days besides all over the television? Um, at some one of the kids' schools, yeah. <laughs> with there being five of them, um, besides my oldest two, who probably never want me on that campus. You know, that's yeah. not cool. That's good, though. Um, that means you're doing a good job. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're supposed to be embarrassed. Yeah, they're like, Mom, it's good. You don't yeah. need to get out the car. Only love me at home. Exactly. Right. All day, you know. But um, I spread myself between the kids' schools, volunteering or whatever. It Mix it in between work and a little bit of me time. Good. A little. <laughs> now, I know you're that producer, executive producer. Yeah. That's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but the good thing about that is it's like you have your set schedule. You know that for three or four months I'm going to be in production with, you know, this show. Or, um, you know, it's a little harder when you're on on camera because you it requires a lot more. But, you know, the production part of it, I can kind of... Uh, organize that a little bit more. I'm really anal about organizing. And I think it's just because of having five kids, I have to be so scheduled and like organized with my time. Yeah. Um, it sucks with the whole anal on, on time thing, but, but it works to, for me. Because yeah. your kids have to get you. Exactly. And do they? Yeah, absolutely. They get me completely. I mean, I drop off in the morning and I'm picking up, you know, we're home getting homework done. And it's just like set times of the day that I can do this type of stuff, you know, when they're all at school. But I think that helps, though, that you give them time and you have yourself scheduled so that you get your time for you. Yeah. Well, and that comes at like two o'clock in the morning, but it's But okay. you get it. <laughs> do you get it, though? I do get it. Because if you don't get, do it, get it, you get angry. 
Right, and frustrated. And yeah. resentful. Yeah, but I get, you know, once everybody's settled and, you know, I just kind of straighten up a little bit after the whirlwind after school, I get my time, you know, if it's even on emails or just laying down watching a TV show or something, I get it. Like basketball? Nah, I don't really watch my own show. <laughs> you don't watch your own show? Why? I don't like watching myself. Why? It's very entertaining. I don't know. It's like, it's weird. It'll be on the television, but I'll just kind of walk past it. You know, like if my girlfriends are over and they're watching it, I'll watch scenes. But I, I just, I don't like seeing myself. But you're myself. hearing it, though. I totally hear it. Got it. And then sometimes it'll draw me back. Like, oh, they forgot to, you know, put in uh, this part that I said, you know. <laughs> so it's fun. When's how, uh, season five going to kick in? Season five of Basketball Wives comes on in August. August. Yes. And so I know that it's you and Evelyn. It's actually me, Evelyn, Tammy, ah, Susie, yeah. and a new cast member named Tasha. Ooh, tell yeah. us about her. Tasha is what we call bougie. You know oh, what that yeah, is? I just use that word. <laughs> I love that word, bougie. Bougie. Yeah. <laughs> She's bougie. So if you don't know what bougie is, that's kind of like um, a little stuck up. I like, you know... Everything's designer all the time. She never is like unkept, let's say. She's always got her makeup, her hair. She's very like, oh, you know, is that um, a coach bag? Because I only carry Chanel. You Does know? she sleep like made up and ready to go? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Can we find that out? Maybe? We need to find Please. that out. But she's very, I mean, it's bougie in a good way. You don't hate her, but you're just like. But you might after a while. You, I mean, some people might. She's very, She's really a sweetheart, but she is kind of nose in the air like, mm, you know, mm -hmm. she'll look at you crazy like, oh, she didn't even have her hair done. Like, she's going to the grocery store, Tasha. It's okay. But it's out of the house. It's, so it's not okay it's for out Tasha. of the house, and that's how she is. So we, we tell her to her face she's bougie. She kind of knows it a little bit, but she doesn't like to claim it, but she is. Okay. So yeah. it sounds like it's going to be an interesting season? It, it's interesting. It's interesting without all the craziness that sometimes occurs on our show. We have, we have some crazy moments, but nothing that we will walk away and be embarrassed of like we or have Or in a before. bandage or a cast or anything. Exactly. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> So, like, tell me, is it hard for you or your children to be on a reality TV show and have a camera in your life? Um, yes and no. Um, I think that the benefits in the long run are good. You know, um, outside of the show, there's so many opportunities and things like that to just uh, capitalize off of as far as being on TV. You know, you, you brand yourself. You're able to market things that you want to be a part of. Um, just being on TV. My kids absolutely love being on Do TV. They? Oh my God. Oh, that's yeah. genetic from both I sides. I think so. Yeah. I think so. They, they love it because they just, I think their whole thing is like my little one would be like, oh, my friend said he saw me on TV. You know, that's, that's all they care about. So it's not but. confidentiality for them. They don't feel their privacy is invaded. No, not at all. I don't think they get that just yet. You know, um, I feel that way sometimes. That's the bad part. It's just like everyone thinks they know you you know, so well because based off see, of right. exactly based off of a few minutes of television, which is not enough time for you to really know me, you know. Right. Or get the bigger picture <laughs> of your life. Or get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You you get 
that I'm filming a TV show. That is so not the bulk of my life or the bulk of my day. But people don't, I don't think they can see past what's on television. How do you deal with that when people assume and make assumptions just from that little bit? Do you react to it? Do you try to explain it? I used it? to. I used to. Like on Twitter and all that, you know, I call them like, um, internet thugs yeah. that you know really kind of want to tell you who you are about yourself. I used to feel React, like I, yeah. yeah, I did, but now I could care less. I think yeah. I've just like you can't make everybody happy. I know who I am. I'm I'm okay with me. I sleep well at night, and that's what really matters. That's it. So I, you know, it's kind of like screw what your everyone else's opinion. Absolutely, is. <laughs> you have to be solid in yourself. Absolutely. So before we go to dyslexia, one more thing. I read something about a food fight and. Season five or something? What was that? Oh my God! What's oh that yeah, about? Tell that's me, one of me, those moments. Me. Okay, so it really didn't end up being a food fight. It it started off a food fight in one direction, and then it ended up kind of just a plain old butt whooping on the oh, other. <laughs> very good. <laughs> so that might that's probably our craziest moment of the season. Um, and we all sit back and shake our head because the person that was involved is the person you would never ever expect ah that's what makes it great <laughs> it was so shocking to all of us that we were like what the hell just happened Why? because everybody has it in them every, i think i think it just got to a boiling point i guess because yeah. literally no one in that room would have ever expected that to happen and who it happened with right so it is one of those oh my god moments but that's for what's all great us. about the show yeah yeah, we have we have lots of those. Well, you do a great job. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for doing that. Now, tell us why dyslexia is something that's important to you. You're here with me to talk about it. So Yeah, um I have a child that um has dyslexia. Yeah. And the only reason I haven't, you know, like talked about it is just because I feel like he's he's young. I just said a he, but anyway. Um he's he's he, young she. and I don't know if he totally would understand, you know, everybody talking about it. Like, to him, it's not a big deal, you right. know? Like, he's like, so what? You know, okay, yeah, I have dyslexia. I can I can do everything everyone else does. I don't get it. You right. know, I, I know that I learn in a different way. I know that I, you know, didn't understand this before, but now that I have the help, I do. He gets it, but I don't know that the world gets it just yet. You know, right. I think that it needs to be... Um, a lot of a little more education given on dyslexia uh people just seem to think i, I was talking to someone <laughs> and they said well people think dyslexia means you're dumb right and you know i don't want anybody thinking that you know kids are dumb if they have dyslexia because that's what everybody thinks and i'm like really does everybody think that because i never thought dyslexia meant dumb um, but I, but talking to that person made me realize, like, wow, you know, some people's mentality and lack of education on this subject is scary because I would be devastated if someone ever said, oh, okay, dyslexia, so he must be dumb, right. you know? But, you know, also I find that people that have had it themselves and didn't understand it felt dumb or right. felt whatever, and right. so they think that that's what the world thinks about it because it's their perspective of it. Absolutely. So, I mean, it, it's... a big place that they have to really look at and to kind of decipher is it really their own stuff or is it really something that the stereotype of the world has on it so that's why we're doing this yeah no i think it's a great a so great you're thing. passionate about like we've got to educate people about absolutely this. we have to get kids help and i think it takes a while sometimes for parents to really like accept it ding ding and it, yeah like 
start connecting dots like my kid isn't learning right or there's a problem right it took me a, a, a while you know like he would constantly have issues in every you know kindergarten preschool uh, even first grade like it learning was just issues like learning issues it was just it became it was like learning issues along with and then you have the teachers just say oh it's a boy right. they learn slower they'll grow out they'll of grow it. out yeah. of it um then it became like behavioral because he would not want to be there so he right. would he's do, responding to not fitting in yeah he would do anything but the reading and writing when it came to reading and writing time he's like oh i need to go to the bathroom or uh my mom needs to come can you call i feel sick uh you know kindergarten he'd be like coloring like i can't i, I just need to color right now anything right, right, right. to distract that time and you know at some point it's just like okay He's definitely not reading and writing. Even at home when we try to read together, it was like I was picking up on why does he not understand this? Me not knowing anything about dyslexia never dawned on me. I'm just like, I, I didn't know what it was, but I knew something was wrong. Yeah, something's not working. Yeah, and then he gets to the point of just begging me not to go to school and crying. And his teacher's like, I don't know what to do, Shawnee. You know, he's just not getting it. She had no clue. So, and, and is it tougher if you have older children who you didn't maybe have this experience right, with? Yeah. What is that like? Well, it, it does make it a little more rough because you are so clueless. You just, you become programmed as a parent when your child is reading and writing on the normal. Just automatically Yeah, it's happens, automatic. Right. Like, okay, he's supposed to do right. this too. Right. Um, so I really, I remember um, all of the kids and I, we went on some trip and we were sitting in the airport and, sh and uh, my son and I sat and we were starting to read a book. And, um, you know, I was reading it and I was like, okay, well, you get the next page. And he, when we got to that page, he just totally could not read any of the words on that page except for once he had memorized. He was really right. good at memorizing. Right. Like if I read the book, he almost could See, memorize and it. And that's the point of where his IQ is very high yeah. and it has nothing to do with intelligence. Right, right. It's super smart. Right. Like, I mean, can hold a great conversation, right. you know, very mature. But he he really could memorize the heck out of anything. Like if you read him something or saw something, he would remember those words. He didn't know them. He was memorizing them, which I didn't realize. Right. You yeah. know, because I'm like, well, he can read because he knew that right, was that. And right. Right. Just had him memorized. Yeah. But um, plus, it's humiliating for him and embarrassing. Absolutely. In front absolutely. of other kids, siblings, yeah. all that stuff. All of that because in reading that book, you know, my older sons are sitting there, and my oldest one is sitting, and and you know. Every Everybody's kind of sitting around right. and they're looking at me like, what's up with him? Right. Yeah. So it, it just became a struggle to the point of where when he's crying and begging me not to go to school every day, right. he's like, Mom, I'm not like them. Right. I don't get it. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what that is. I just, you know, he was so frustrated and just... I, I felt like I lived at the school. I was yeah. constantly in the office because he's constantly in the office. Right. <laughs> so. so many parents find themselves in that kind of place where they're yeah. lost then and they don't know where to go and then their confidence also lowers yeah, and I was they totally, get scared. Yeah, absolutely. I felt like I did something wrong. I just didn't know what right. it was. So you feel defeated and just, I don't know. So the key is you, you really got to figure out and diagnose or zone in on where the deficit is, the yeah. issue is, and fix it. Because there's a ton of fixes for these simple things. Right, 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 right. A lot of a lot of fixes that can be very expensive as well. Right, they can you be know? expensive, <laughs> but you got to know what they are first. You do, you because do. Because you can't treat or fix something if you don't know what you're fixing. Yeah, that and, is very true. And that's the bigger part of it, because many people have difficulty getting to the place to 
to recognize get that get the it's the testing yeah. or whatever's needed to be yeah. able to identify the issue. I will say the testing when I was told about the testing um, I was like, really? Like, that seems so intense because, you know, it's like three or four days of you going and doing all these tests. He was miserable doing that because, uh, once again, it's spotlighted right, that right. he has, a issue. has something going right. on. So he's super frustrated with these testing because he's sitting with someone and they're like zoning in. He has nowhere to run, nowhere right. to hide. And. You know, it's kind of like he gave up a few times during, you know, yeah, during these couple of days. He's his most vulnerable or Absolutely. any child is at that point. But the other part of it is that testing also brings out strengths of kids. Yes. So that yes. you see kind of where they are across the board. Yes. So it's not all about a negative kind of thing. It's no, not a bad thing. Even like in math, totally Per Wonderful. Perfect yep. and normal in yep. math and, yep. and, you know, science and things like that. It literally was his reading and writing right. that he struggled in. All right. Well, when we come back, we're going to learn from an expert what really awesome. dyslexia is. Okay. All right, you guys, one eight five five sophie now or one eight five five seven six seven four nine six six. Every caller gets a free copy of my book, Side by Side, the Mother-Daughter Conflict Resolution Book. Who doesn't need that when you have a mother and a daughter in the same room with no punching gloves? <laughs> So with us today, we're talking about dyslexia, is a expert in dyslexia. Her name is Susan Barton. Susan is a frequent and popular, very popular speaker on conferences across the nation, focusing on dyslexia, reading instruction, early intervention, and adult literacy issues. She's an instructor at the Phenomic Awareness and Multisensory Teaching Techniques. That's a lot of words. I hope I said it all right. At the U.S. Uh, University of California Learning Disabilities at West Valley College. She's just all over the place doing dyslexia. Are you with us, Susan? Yes, I am. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And you're on with Shawnee. Hi, Susan. Hi, Shawnee. So tell us a little bit about, like, what is dyslexia? As you know better than all of us, many people are confused by it, scared by it. They don't know if they were born with it. Can you help it? How do you diagnose it? Tell us. Okay. I thought Shawnee sharing her, her child's story is so typical because... Uh, it is an inherited condition, so it is something a child ah. is born with. It strongly runs in family trees. And there are early warning signs of dyslexia during the preschool years, but because a child is not reading or spelling or writing during the preschool years, the warning signs are things parents would have seen but not realized meant anything. Like, tell mm -hmm. us, like, what? Well, one of the earliest warning signs is a delay in speaking out loud, oral speaking. Mm. Most kids should be able to say five or ten simple one-syllable words that you can understand at about 12 months. Ah. And a few children with dyslexia spoke on schedule uh, because it comes from mild to moderate to severe to profound. Ah. Most children with dyslexia, however, had a slight speech delay, maybe not speaking till 18 months or two years or two and a half or more. But dyslexia is not the only condition that could cause a speech delay, but right. it's the most common one. But Parents the, will know when they started saying longer, multi-syllable words. Like they, what? Like what? Aminol, Biscetti, Hangaberg, Calipiter, Monlor, Flutterbys, Batides, um, wow, Eminis. Oh, yeah, they get are. the sound out of sequence, even with a lot of correction and so on. They can't hear the difference between what you're saying and what they're saying. And mm -hmm. so when you say they can't hear the difference, many listeners are going to say, well, does that mean they have an ear auditory issue? Well, there is an auditory component to dyslexia. Dyslexia is complex. It has many different components, but there is an auditory part of it, but okay. it's certainly not solely auditory. Got it. 
you know, for a while that's just kind of cute. But when you're, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. gone on for several years and you're standing in front of him saying, sweetheart, sweetheart, it's not aminal, it's animal. And he goes, yeah, Mom, that's what I said, aminal. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. And you start to realize he can't hear the difference, even though his hearing, you know, you take him for a hearing test, his hearing is fine. Um, he may have a lot of repeated ear infections to the point of putting in tubes and sometimes multiple tubes uh, to try to cut down on the ear infections. Late to establish a dominant hand ah. and constant confusion over left, right, up, down, before, after, directionality words, directionality concepts, yesterday, tomorrow. And when you say directionality, it means like telling them, go over uh, here, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, turn to the left. No, sweetheart, your other left. Ah. You know, your other left, your other right. Constant confusions. My adults are confused with uh, concepts like north, south, east, west. Mm. That's interesting. And oh, so that I'm sorry to cut you off, Doctor. No, okay. So, if you have, as an adult, if you have issues with like directions or understanding maps and things like that, possibly, hmm. possibly, um, genetics, genetics. Sign, genetics. Yeah, if we want to jump to adults, the most obvious signs in adults who have it even just mildly, right, is really bad spelling. Yeah. Very insecure about their spelling. And so they put everything through the spell checker, just everything. But spell check often doesn't work very well for my guys. Why? Because for spell check to work, you've got to type it in close enough mm. that the computer doesn't say, sorry, no suggestions. Got it. Now, would, this, really be severe, would this be severe dyslexia or would this be no, this just an average? This is mild? This would be mild. Okay. And then if you did get it in close enough... The computer doesn't tell you what the word should be. It presents this list mm -hmm. of 10 or 15 very similar-looking words. And you've got to be able to read accurately enough to figure out which word on that list really is the one I wanted anyway. So oftentimes I get emails from adults who, although everything is perfectly spelled, I'm pretty sure have dyslexia because I can tell they've been picking the wrong words off the list. That's so interesting. That one of my is. favorites yeah. is a, I got one from a mom about five years ago who said, I had my child tested by a pedestrian. What? Well, I'm sure she meant to pick the word pediatrician. pediatrician. Ah. But when you don't read very well, you can't tell the difference. Right. Genetics. Right. It is That's genetics. That's so funny. So spelling is the most obvious uh, issue in an adult. Also, they'll know they are a slow reader compared to other adults. Mm. Untreated dyslexia will impact your reading speed, even if it's just mild dyslexia. They'll okay. know if they ever had to take a foreign language class in high school or college. They could speak a foreign language, but reading, writing, spelling a foreign language is almost impossible when you have dyslexia, especially if your own dyslexia was never treated properly. I want to read you an email from a, a viewer and a listener, but Quickly, I want to ask you, is it have anything, like, is it true, not true when people, because many people think if you have dyslexia, your IQ isn't where it needs to be or you're not as smart as you could be. Are they connected at all? No. In fact, that's, IQ has nothing at all to do with hearing sounds and processing letters. Okay. So you can have the highest IQ and be in the gifted program and struggle with reading, writing, spelling. You can have an average IQ and be dyslexic and struggle with reading, writing, spelling, and you can have a low IQ 
and struggle with it. It's so hard to kind of people to understand that because you would think, well, if I'm in these gifted classes, I mm -hmm. shouldn't have any struggles. And reading that's, and writing. Yeah, yeah, especially with true. reading and writing. And it's usually the ones who are really, really bright that we worry about earliest because it's like if you can do all this other stuff so easily, how come you can't spell? That's exactly. Right. It makes no sense. That, that was my struggle. Yeah. I felt like he was super smart. Like, oh, my God, well, how does he figure this out and know how to do this that and the other and the reading and writing blaming the victim saying you're not trying hard enough i did do yeah because you get angry and yeah. frustrated because it's not a it's a disconnect where yeah. you're this intelligent but you're missing up right and yeah. parents especially moms are usually the first ones to realize that something's not right because they are fighting homework wars mm -hmm. right 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 in kindergarten mm -hmm. and first grade some dads do too, though. Hmm. Well, yeah, sometimes dads help with homework, but often it's the mom. And, and homework that should take a first grader 15 minutes. You're at two hours. <laughs> or three. Or right. three of frustration and tears and trying to push him through it. And he's, you know, I can't, I can't. And, right. and, and it doesn't make sense. I know the self esteem stuff is really at risk if you're not looking at this and, and you know, browbeating oh, yeah. the kid or he's getting it at school, socially, all that stuff. Teacher. Yeah. All right, I want to read you an email from Chloe from Denver is asking, is it true that people with dyslexia actually have brains wired to be more creative? Actually, that is true. That's what the uh -huh. research is showing. Very nice. Tell me more. Like why? How? Well, we're still, try we're still trying to figure out where all that comes from, but study after study after study have shown dyslexia comes with um, surprising weaknesses and a sea of strengths. Hmm. And creativity and visualization in 3Ds and, and people skills and, and taking little bits of pieces and putting together whole new solutions to things and is, is amazing. And they've done studies of which types of colleges have higher percentages of dyslexics than you would expect in the general population. That's and they're so always in ones like science and medicine and computers and, and art and things that take incredible creativity and brain power. So it sounds like dyslexic people might be more fun to be with. I think so. My dyslexic person is so much fun to be with. Oh, he, sure. He's super, super, like, his personality fills a room, and he's very, very creative. Like, mm -hmm. it's super artistic, too. Like, he yeah. draws very well, builds things, can mm -hmm. figure almost anything out. I mean, anything. And you could, could probably reel time. people in very easily. Totally. Easily. Everyone who meets him is like, oh, I just want to keep him. I'm like, You're pro I promise you'll bring him back in 48 yeah. hours. And yet, they have enormous <laughs> difficulty memorizing your address. Really? Really? The sequence of the days of the week and months of the year. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. The names will of the ask points me. and their values. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's take a quick call from Denise. Are you with us? Yeah. Hey, you're on with uh, Susan, Shawnee, and Dr. Sophie. Hi. Um, I'm a retired English teacher. I taught English for 30 years. And I also got certified in a reading program called Wilson Reading. Mm -hmm. And I'm... I'm tutoring um, a young boy now, and I, I think he has dyslexia. Um, I haven't dealt with too many students. You know, I, I, I hate to diagnose it, but I, I, um, my, my husband, I believe, had a little bit of dyslexia. Um, and I just see like he inverts his letters. Like, for example, the word does, he always does D-O-S-E. And he really, to me, he struggles in his reading. Um, more so than most kids his age, and I've approached the mother that I've asked if he's been tested, and she's adamantly opposed to any type of testing. I think she's just 
scared that he may have a learning disability and she doesn't like the, you know, the stereotype of he has a learning. But I really feel that this child needs probably, you know, probably does have some learning disability, especially with his reading and writing, and I'm not sure what to do. Ah, interesting. Mm. Susan, what do you think? Well, I hate the term learning disability. Yeah, so do I. I truly do, because these kids can learn. They just have to be taught certain subjects differently. And other subjects, they can be taught the same as everyone else. So learning disability is actually a category that the federal government requires uh, public schools to put kids into in order to get extra services. So that's, yeah, that's a shame. That's a label. It is a label. And I think that's one of 14 categories. And what I don't like about it is parents misunderstand Mm -hmm. what school testing does and doesn't do. Parents who are worried about their children early in kindergarten, first, second grade, will ask the school to test them, and the school says, I'm sorry, he's not eligible for special ed. So the parent assumes, wrongly in most states, that the school tested for dyslexia. Right. And therefore, right. he's not dyslexic and he doesn't have a learning disability. He is just lazy. And then you punish him and make him try harder. Right. What right. a disconnect. And just to be clear here, when we're talking about testing, we're talking about psychological testing? We're talking about psychoeducational testing is what it's called. It's testing that public schools do to determine is a child eligible for special yeah. services. So I sometimes just call it eligibility testing. Got it. And what do parents who are not in public school, maybe in a private school or something like that, do? Do they get it too or do they have to go out and find well, it? The problem with <clears throat> eligibility testing is dyslexia comes in degrees from mild to moderate to severe to profound, and most children, unless they're severe to profound, will not be eligible mm-hmm. during those critical early years because they don't yet... They're not yet far enough behind. That's a shame. So they haven't hit the wall enough to earn it. Exactly. And yet the research shows the most effective time to step in with the right intervention is during those early years. Yeah, early intervention is the key. Exactly. So um, I don't, I would use the term dyslexia versus learning disability. And maybe that'll make mom feel more comfortable. I mean, Shawnee, were you in that? Yeah. I would recommend perhaps just sharing your loving concern. I think it's possible he might have this. I'm, I'm not qualified to say for sure, but if you go to Susan Barton's website, there's a great video on dyslexia that explains what it is and what it isn't. Oh, because great. You know your child better than anyone else, and why don't you watch it and see what you think? Yeah, maybe make let the fear go down. But, I mean, Shawnee, were you in this situation where you felt a little scared? Yeah, you absolutely. I mean, you do hear learning disability a lot, which even now... Right. When people just that don't know what dyslexia is, they'll say, "Oh, it's a learning disability." But it's which really not. It's really not because, yeah, that that's what makes that equivalent to dumb, so to speak. Right. Um, and yeah. Susan, I actually wanted to ask you if someone says, "What is dyslexia?" Like, what is your layman's quick, term? Yeah, your layman's quick answer to that instead of using learning disability. The shortest way I can uh, say it in a sentence or two. Is dyslexia is an inherited condition mm-hmm. that makes it really difficult to read, write, and spell, despite being plenty smart and exposed mm-hmm. to instruction that worked for everyone else and trying your hardest. And so then they'll say, well, where's the breakdown then? Well, the breakdown happens to be connecting, being able to hear each individual sound in a word clearly and cleanly. And if you can't hear the individual sounds, that's called phonemic awareness, then you can't, then phonics makes no sense to you. So get your ears tested? Well, your hearing <laughs> acuity is fine. You can hear sounds. 
but the sounds within a syllable go by so fast. They process auditory a little tiny bit slower. And is that where they lose it then? Yes. Ah, see, so they're hearing, they're mm -hmm. just hearing at a different rate. Right, so they're, they can hear high tones and low tones and pitches, so if they go for a typical hearing test, their hearing is fine. Right. But they process auditory a little bit slower than everyone, just a tiny bit slower. And anyone with dyslexia is capable of learning exactly. to... Yeah, at any there age, are, any absolutely. any level, all of that, which is, I, I think, very important. There are research-based programs designed for kids with dyslexia that can teach them how to read, write, and spell as well as anyone else. Yeah. And we'll close the gap and get them back on track so it doesn't stop them from and putting all my their last question, to work. My last question for public school children that have dyslexia and that are in the school system right now, um, to be in the special ed class, is that where they really need to be though because special ed from what i remember special ed in in school was true learning disabilities or you know they were a little more severe than what i would say dyslexia it's, right. i mean correct me if i'm wrong so would the dyslexic child need to be in the special ed so why do they get all lumped together why do they get all lumped together because i don't think the dyslexic child's needs would be the same as you know someone with a completely different learning disability I agree with you totally. Okay, I I, just, I knew that they were just getting they're just getting kind of tossed in the system, right? And All the same, and they don't learn. Every school psychologist in the public school system and special ed teacher knows, and principal knows, the special ed system is truly a broken system. Yeah, yeah. When when the people created it back in the seventies, they meant well, but it's turned into a morass. Yeah. It definitely is. You have, you know, ADHD issues, in there. All and you have, thrown yeah. together with one person who doesn't have enough time, enough training, enough materials to provide their individual needs anyway. Absolutely. Well, Denise, I hope we answered your question. You did, thank you. And can I just say one thing? You can say husband, two things. <laughs> thank you. My husband, you know, whom I, I believe had dyslexia, he ended up going, you know, going to, to high school. He went to Duke University. He did extremely well, but I know it was very frustrating for yeah. him. You know, because it is something that he struggled with, and I think it was, as you say, you know, it, it, it his self-esteem at times, you know, but he did it, but it wasn't easy, you know, right, and I, right. I just think that, you know, if it's diagnosed correctly, as you said, and again, you know, I understand uh, about um, learning disability, because I agree with you in terms of that, but I just, I just saw him struggle, and it's not easy for them, but they do it, you know, and I just think that if it's diagnosed and it's helped, that it would make it easier for them. But so much easier. And I think I, that's great advice, great advice. Me too, and I think that's part of why Shawnee and I are going to be on a crusade to educate and allow kids to get testing yeah. so they can yeah. get the help that they need that early. That's exactly what needs to happen. Right, right now, despite over 40 years of independent scientific published research on dyslexia, we have tons of it. Yeah. But we should be able to use it. And private school teachers are usually not taught anything about dyslexia in their right. teacher training colleges. Right. School psychologists are not trained on how to test for it because it doesn't fall under learning disabilities. And you know, yeah, and it's, that's so it's true. A, I've been a, we've been victims of, of that. <laughs> yeah. People who are in the field of education. Right. And it's not that they don't want to know; it's just they're not taught this. Mm -hmm. And so, the good news is more and more. Groups, parent activist groups, grassroots groups like Decoding Dyslexia and so on 
are banding together thanks to technology like the Internet. They're finding each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, They're it takes... together, a, yeah. and we now have 13 states, <clears throat> excuse me, that have statewide dyslexia laws. That's great. Oh, wow. That's great. Um, Arkansas's bills have just passed, and it's on the way to the governor for signature that requires public schools to screen for dyslexia in kindergarten and first grade. That's awesome. That's great. And those who fit the profile of dyslexia are then going to be provided with someone using research-based methods that work for dyslexic children early to keep them out of ever needing special ed. That's great. Yeah, that is. And that, I think, is the way to go. And I do, too. And that's why I offer graduate-level courses in the summer to teach these teachers and other professionals how to screen for dyslexia to catch it early. Thank you. All right, Denise. Reach Thank to us if you need much. more. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. Okay, I want to read an email. This is uh, Tim from Tampa. That's a lot of T's. Is asking, my mother just told me this year that I have dyslexia. I'm 24 years old. I have mixed feelings because on one hand, I was never able to use it as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and on the other, I have a good job. I'm happy where my life is at. But on the other, I didn't get the treatment that I needed. And now I feel like it's made learning difficult. My question is, is it ever the right decision not to tell your child he or she has dyslexia? What do you think, Susan? In my professional opinion, no. Yeah, yeah. In my professional opinion, it is important to tell somebody they, you know or suspect they have dyslexia because they're likely to pass it on to their children. Right. And learning about it and being prepared for it, then you won't be caught by surprise and you won't be floundering for years. You'll know what to do because there are solutions. Right. And, it, so, and also, I, I want to be careful. Sometimes people say, well, if I tell them, they'll use it as an excuse. It will make them lazy. No. A diagnosis is not a label. It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. That's very true. And oh, that's very helpful. As smart as you are, trying as hard as you can, getting is not getting it like the other kids. It's relief. It is. Every adult has told me the best day of their life is the day they discovered they had dyslexia and they weren't dumb or stupid or unmotivated because that's what's commonly... But yeah, that's calls, true. Nobody that's understands true. It. I hear that at um our our my son's uh, school at their parent teacher night. All the parents, you know, we get to talk about our our child and share stuff. And it's so many parents, a lot of dads too, that um said since their child was diagnosed with dyslexia, they realized they had it the whole time. Like all the symptoms, all the things that they see their child right. struggling with, uh -huh. they're like, oh my God, I, I did this. Right. I, where was where was this testing when right. I was a child? Right, you know, right. and they're now adults and they're like, we, I struggled so much, even to this day, and no one knew, you know, right. like no one had a clue. So early intervention. Early Many intervention. Many parents do discover their own issues when they find it in their children because of the inherited uh, inheritance trait here. And it's a shame because, to me, what you brought up earlier is the emotional damage. Yeah. Of yeah. Feeling early absolutely. And feeling yeah. Stupid and feeling different, and nobody knows why. Absolutely. Does far more damage than being a poor speller and a slow reader. Yeah. And as a parent, that's heartbreaking because there's really nothing you could do, or you feel like there's nothing you could do when there is. Yeah. You just, you know, like like we said, it's all about educating people on dyslexia because that's how I felt I just felt totally defeated uh, you know failing as a mom yeah. it's something that I'm doing that that just to see your your child that hurt right. and that crushed and his 
who who he was was just, we were just losing it every yeah. day. You Especially know. Especially when you have other children who are not there. Right. 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 So. And the um, good news is, once you know it's dyslexia, one you know where to look for all their gifted areas. Exactly, yeah. and that's and what we were saying earlier. Right. Yeah. Two, we know how to work around their weak areas temporarily while they're still weak, and we know how to fix their weak areas and make them strong. Yep. But Wonderful. Dyslexia should, when you discover it, should be good news because now that we know what it is. We can fix it. We know it. how to fix the weak areas, work mm-hmm. around them for a while until they're fixed, and we know where they're going to fly and be superstars. Absolutely. All right, one more uh, email, and then we will move on. This is from Sherry in Alabama. She's asking two things. Are there any tricks or tips for a parent or a tutor trying to help a dyslexic child with their schoolwork to use? That's one. And the other is, can you ever get over having dyslexia? I guess she means, can it be cured? What do you think, Susan? Well, dyslexia is a lifelong condition. Right. There's no cure, but we do know how to compensate for the weak areas, work around the weak areas, and we know how to um, fix the weak areas. But they're still dyslexic, thank goodness. They don't. I've had people say, do I have to choose between learning how to become a really good reader, writer, speller, or the giftedness? Right. Because if mm-hmm. I had to choose one, if fixing the reading problems make me get, uh, lose the gifted areas, I think I'll say no thank you to the reading part. Exactly, right. <laughs> right. People don't want to give it up. No, you can have it all. But there are certain things we don't know how to fix. You know, the left-right confusion will be lifelong, but that's minor. We can, you know, give you a GPS. We can teach you tricks on that. And there's spell check. And there's well, spell check. Again, but you've got to learn how to spell. <laughs> to work. Right. So but it's just, it's a, ma- it's a matter of living with dyslexia and learning how to learn with dyslexia. And navigate it. You need the tools to navigate yeah. it. Yeah. And I think yeah. the best thing you said, Susan, the first tool is to know what the heck it is so you know how to get the tools that are going to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, with me today was Susan Barton. She is an expert in dyslexia. You could just hear all of the information coming from her. Tell us where we can find more about you and dyslexia and all your great work in it. Well, I have a, an excellent website. People have said it's, uh, it's parent-friendly. It's very, very complete. It's got videos as well as anything can be read to you. And we have a ton of information on dyslexia there. And that website is www. The word bright. B-R-I-G-H-T, then the word solutions with an S on the end, and bright solutions is one long word, dot U-S for United States. Got it. So we can find you at www.brightsolutions, all one word, dot U-S. Mm-hmm. Got it. Thank you for your time and your expertise. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So that was interesting. It was. Did you I, learn? I thought absolutely. Would you I, learn? I, I learned that um, it's genetic. It is genetic, and which I kind of thought. Yeah. But you know, I'm no doctor, so I don't want to. I don't want to point any fingers. Right. Um, but absolutely, that that was very interesting, and also some of the other things that I didn't even put into the dyslexic part of just like. How she said sometimes they get the order of the days of the week and right. the months, and right. I did notice. I mean, until she brought that up, I didn't even put that in there. But but he does struggle with that sometimes. Yeah. But and also order of things, like yeah. everything needs to be kind of in a structured order all the time. Right, because he memorizes it in a certain way, and he's got to count on that. If Absolutely. So interesting. Yeah. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Dr. Thank you for your support of this very important cause. Yeah, you've got me all amped up now. Now I'm like on a we're on we're this on a crusade. crusade. I'm maybe. like, let's keep going. <laughs> we're going to keep going. We'll have more about what we're going to do together to Absolutely. work through this. Yes. And you're on your season five trek. Yes, season five will be on in August on VH1. 
And um, until then, I'll be with you on this crusade. Thank you. And sharpening <laughs> your nails for those little fights that break <laughs> oh, out no, on that show. Me. No, not me. Not me. Never. Never? Nothing's worth that to me. No? You know, like, I just, you know, I got my kids, and that's, like, number one and, and the only thing that really matters. Now, you mess with one of them, maybe the claws will come out. Right. But other than that, nah. Good job. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, Dr. Have so a great day. You too. Well, that was a very interesting and informative podcast. Dyslexia is a very prevalent issue. We learned really a lot of key things today, but I think the four points I want you to take away from today, number one is dyslexia is genetic. There's mild, there's moderate, there's severe, and there's profound. All have different diagnostic criteria. The key is you got to diagnose it because it is genetic. And many parents are like, wow, once they see that their child's diagnosed and treated and really doing well, I struggled with those same things, so it is genetic. The second thing I want you to understand is there are early warning signs, early, like early, early, first year, second year, third year of life, where children are not maybe speaking properly, and it may be a speech thing, or their speech is delayed, and many times you hear from the pediatrician or the family doc or whoever is your primary care doc, ah, they'll outgrow it. That's not necessarily true, so keep your eyes and ears open for any little red flags that you might want to follow up, because early intervention is the key. For adults who never get treated, we learned from our expert today, Susan Barton, that spelling is the biggest key and the biggest issue that you'll see. So if you're an adult and you're having really a difficult time spelling and it wreaks havoc on your life, check it out. You might be dyslexic. The third issue is that the dyslexic brain is very, very creative, insightful, visual, and very people-oriented. So these are people that are really great, fun, entertaining, very creative on many levels. So it's not a life sentence. It's not a label. It's not anything other than you got to learn in a different way. We all learn in our own way. So dyslexic people need to figure out the best way to learn. It's not anything that means broken or anything in a negative way. And then the fourth thing is, remember, get it diagnosed. Early intervention is the key. And using it is never an excuse. So don't ever worry that, oh my gosh, if we find out that my kid has dyslexia, he's going to use it as an excuse and then it'll make him lazy. No, it's a very empowering experience to be able to find out why your child who's highly intelligent is struggling and isn't doing well and can't learn the way that they should be learning with that high IQ and brain. So it's not an excuse. Don't be afraid of it. Go out and get the information you need. Diagnose, test, do what you need to do to be able to help your child reach their best outcomes in life because as a community strong kids strong us strong world so we got to really focus on that don't be afraid of it remember all of my podcasts are on my website www.drsophie.com 1-855-SOPHIE now or 1-855-767-4966 my book side by side the conflict-free mother-daughter communication program. You got to have it if you're a mom or you're a daughter or you're really in that situation or if you're a dad who has to watch that kind of stuff. It does help to have the tips to break up those fights. Also, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, follow me and visit iTunes to download my free phone app because there's a ton of stuff in there, all these podcasts and some great lectures and some great tools and all kinds of good information. Always remember to keep your head up by listening to Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. We appreciate and love that song. And the most important thing is don't forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head.